Welcome to Glory to Glory, the radio teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Join us now in our study as we open the Word together. If you can turn with me, we're picking up in the book of Revelation as we make our way through the book of Revelation. So Revelation 22, verse 4, we'll be looking at verses 4 to 7. Title of our message is Signs of His Coming. Signs of His Coming. The Bible makes it very clear we will not know the day, we will not know the hour when Jesus Christ will come back. Nobody knows that. So uh, we don't want to speculate and, and give dates because that's not biblical. So stay away from people that give dates when, you know, Jesus is coming back on May 22nd or whatever the date is. Uh, no, we don't know the day. We don't know the hour. We're not to predict that. But the Bible gives us signs. The Bible gives us indicators of when he will come back again. And that's talking about the second coming of Jesus Christ. So when we start to see signs of the second coming of Jesus Christ, that means the rapture should be right around the corner. So uh, we're going to look at seven different signs uh, that we can look at with current events, uh, for uh, the signs of the coming of Jesus Christ, and you, you know, you judge. You look at it. I'm just throwing that out there, these seven different signs. Uh, so we're going to, just so you know, we're going to expound on verses four to seven. We're going to look at that. And then at the end of the message, we're going to look at the seven signs that I believe are indicators that the Lord Jesus just may be coming soon. So with that being said, can you please stand with me? And I'm going to go ahead and read these four verses. Revelation 22, verse 4. The Apostle John writes, and he says, and they shall see his, can we say that out loud, please? Face. And his name shall be on their foreheads. There shall be no night there. They need no lamp nor light of the sun, for the Lord God gives them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. Then he said to me, these words are faithful and true. And the Lord God of the holy prophets sent his angel to show his servants the things which must shortly take place. Behold, I am coming. Can we say that out loud, please? Quickly. Blessed is he who keeps the words of the prophecy of this book. So, Lord, these four verses, are, as we look at it closer, just pray that through the simple teaching that you would please speak to all of us. And may we, after the message, may we be able to say that we heard from you today. So even if it's just one point, Lord, please make it clear what you're saying. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You can be seated. Thank you. The timeline is we've been looking at the eternal state, this new Jerusalem, this holy city. So the timeline is, is pretty clear. It's after the millennial kingdom, after the thousand years of Christ, after uh, everyone's thrown into the lake of fire, there's going to be a new heaven and new earth. And there's this city that we've been looking at, this holy city. And so we're, we're focusing in on this. We're spending uh, some good time just kind of zoning in on what will happen when we get there. So uh, we, we're looking at that. I don't want to spend too much time. I want to dive right into the, the message and look closer at uh, verses 4 to 7. But uh, before I do, uh, every Sunday, I'd like to be reminded of the fact that the book of Revelation is the only book in the entire Bible that promises us a threefold blessing. So we're blessed when we read it. We're blessed when we hear it. And we're blessed when we apply it. So again, we just read it. We just heard it being read. So there's a blessing attached to that. But uh, I believe the most important part of it is application. How can we apply it? So let's do our best. Let's look back at our verses here. Verse four. 
And John writes, and they shall see his face and his name shall be on their, can we say that out loud? Foreheads. We'll go back to the seeing his face, but talking about his name shall be on their foreheads. It's, we can only speculate what that means. We really don't know. We don't have enough scripture to tell us exactly what having his name on our foreheads, what that means. I, I can only speculate how things that are important to us, uh, we put our names on it, don't we? When I was in the corporate world, I would have nice pens and I would have you know, my name engraved on it and that was my pen. So if I found it in someone else's desk, I would say, no, this is my pen, my name. Look, this is mine. And so it was special. It's important. And, and we do that. We write on things that are special to us, that we own. We had a contractor here on Friday, and I noticed, uh, walked him out to his vehicle, and on his license plate, had his last name on his license plate. Why? It's, this is his vehicle, and it was special to him. And so we, we write on things that are special, and I just want to say, for sure we can say this, that God is, considers us very special to him, and he owns us. He paid for us. But what does this mean? I, I don't know if we fully understand. What does it mean? And, you know, why is his name on our forehead? And some suggest maybe we'll have a permanent crown, and we'll have his name on this crown because we're going to be kings. So we don't know. We're speculating. And, and so uh, possibly to identify us there and, and all these things. So, we, this, so here we have this, this name that he'll have on our foreheads, but... We have a little more insight. When Jesus was uh, talking to the, the church in Philadelphia, the loving church, the faithful church, he says, I will write on him, that's the believer, the name of my God. So Jesus is going to write on us the name of God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem. That's what we're talking about. So we're going to have not only his name, possibly on a crown somehow, I don't know, the name of the city that's going to be on this, okay? But then also goes on to say, which comes down from heaven from God and says, and I will write on him my, can we say that out loud? That's Jesus. So somehow on our foreheads or on a crown, we're going to be identified with him for all eternity, that we're his. Let me tell you this. You're either going to have your name from the devil on you, or you're going to have your name from God on you. I choose God myself. I don't know about you, because the mark of the beast, he's going to mark all his people, right? And God marks us, but it's something special. I don't know. Some use this to say, okay, so God's into tattoos. This is good. You know, but uh, I wouldn't go quite that far. I won't say one way or the other, but this is good. We don't know exactly what it's going to mean, but I can tell you for sure it will be more more awesome than you can imagine. But this part I want to focus on, it says, and they shall see his face. We're going to see him face to face. We're going to see him in all of his glory. With our bodies right now, we cannot see him in all of his glory. We would be consumed with his presence. That's what the Bible says. But we, we see a glimpse of his glory here. When we were singing that last song, I, I just want you, nothing else, nothing else. I, uh, both services, it, I, just, we, I believe I did. I had a glimpse of God's glory here in this place. It's just the reality is I, I need him. I, I, I have to have him more than anything else. And I, and I pray that you're in that place, that you realize the fact that, that God, you're, with him, you have everything you have need of in him. And I hope and pray that when you were singing that song, I just want you, God, and nothing else will do. I, I pray that you're in that place where you realize that, that nothing else. Let me tell you, I experienced probably everything this world has to offer when I was in the world. And I can say one day with him is better than all my lifetime. Everything. There's nothing like him. 
And we, we get a glimpse of his glory here on this earth, just a glimpse. And, and to me, it's like, wow, can you imagine how awesome it's going to be when you're actually in the fullness of his presence and all of his glory? When, when we experience just a glimpse here, and it's to me, it's like, I'm like, God, this is so satisfying. I can't even imagine what it's going to be like to be in all of your glory, God, and to see you face to face. I, I can't imagine that. Friday, uh, Isaac and Chrissy were married here at this, on this location. It was just po- powerful. It was wonderful. If you were here, it was so beautiful. I remember Friday morning waking up, though, I looked at the forecast, and it said cloudy all day and night. And I was like, no, Lord. And so I was praying. My wife, we were praying. Other people were praying, Lord, please, you know, take away those clouds. It'd be so nice for it to be sunny. And sure enough, when we were here, the, the sun came out, and it's like, it was like a, a glimpse of, his, of God's glory. He heard our prayers. And then when Isaac and Chrissy were giving their vows and talking about how God put them together and just sharing their hearts, it's like, I'm standing there and I was just so caught up in the moment. I was just like, I just sensed the, the glory of God, a glimpse of his glory. I'm like, God, you're so good that these two young people are experiencing your glory, the glimpse of your glory in their lives as you drew the two of them together, the two becoming one. And, and just those, those special moments, I pray that we always, as believers, we, we strive to just say, God, I just need your glory. I just want your presence here. And, and be because he desires to reveal himself in his glory, but only a glimpse. Remember Moses, when Moses said, I, I want to see your glory. Remember that? He says in Exodus chapter 33, he says, I, I want to see your glory. He says, please show me your face. I, wa- I want to see you, Lord. It, he was just so caught up with God. He was like, God, can I just see you? Remember that? Remember what God said? He didn't say, yeah, no problem. What did he say? He said, you can't see my face, for no man can see me and do what? Live. God is so brilliant. God is so, he's like a consuming fire. He's like, I, you know what? You'd be consumed. You'd be like toast if I, if I would show you my. And the Lord said, here is a place by me, and you shall stand by the rock. So remember this story. He says, you stand over here by the rock. And he says, he goes on to say, and it shall be, well, my glory passes by. I'll put you in the cleft of the rock. And he says, and I'll cover you with my what? my hand. I'm going to cover you with my hand, and I'm just going to pass by, and I'm going to take my hand away, and all you're going to be able to do is you're going to just see a glimpse of my glory. You're going to see the back of me just for a glimpse. And he repeats it, but my face you shall, shall not be seen. Guys, we will see him in all of his glory. We will see him face to face. I don't believe we can fully understand what that even means other than when we get a glimpse of God's glory here on this earth, it's like, wow, Lord, is it anything like this? And let me challenge you with this. Have you ever experienced a glimpse of God's glory? Because if not, it's like you've never experienced a glimpse of God's glory, answered prayer, him showing up. And and I pray that you do. And if you've never experienced a glimpse of God's glory, that you would be praying, God, may I have a glimpse? Moses did it and God showed up. We're going to be in all of his presence, but for now, all we get is a glimpse, but then face to face. What did Paul the Apostle say in 1 Corinthians 13? He, he mentioned, he says that, that now we see in a mirror dimly, but then what did he say? Face to face. I'm going to see your face, Lord. I don't know about you, but I am very excited about that. Verse 5, back in our text, it says, there shall be no night there. We've talked about that. No need for the lamp or light of the sun. We talked about that. And the Lord God gives them light. We talked about that, so we won't go into that. And they shall reign forever and ever. I understand in the millennial kingdom, we're going to reign with Christ. I get that because there's going to be unbelievers there, right? 
So that, my, my, I kind of think through that. Okay, we're going to reign with him, kings and priests. And I pray and I hope. And you know, don't. You know, this is just my speculation. Don't say Pastor Chuck or Pastor Joe is saying this for sure. But check this out. So this is what I think it'll possibly be like in the millennial kingdom, right? Because we're going to reign over uh, territories and different areas and stuff, right? So I believe we're going to be like superheroes. I really believe that. Okay. <laughs> Seriously, because we're going to have glorified bodies. The people on the earth will not have glorified bodies. So it's gonna, let's say they're going to try to start a riot. We're just like, doo -doo, doo -doo, don't do that. Because <laughs> right, we'll be like him. We'll be able to travel like faster than the speed of light. We'll just be, and we just said, don't do that. And they'll be like, okay, it's, 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 it's all right. So yeah, put the, put the weapons down. And then, you know, I believe that because I think that's why I like those superhero movies that, other than some of the bad stuff that they've got on there. But, but I believe it's going to be similar to that. We're going to have glorified body. We're going to rule and reign. There's going to be unbelievers. There's going to be an opportunity for them to accept Christ or reject Christ, right? And then after the thousand years, Satan's going to be released. And it says multitudes are going to follow after the devil. So I get that. Though we'll have an enforced righteousness and we'll be a part of that. But it's more challenging for my mind to think, okay, now we're in heaven, though. Now we're in this new heaven and new earth, but there's no more unbelievers that are there. So it's a little bit more, I'm like, who are we going to rule over? I want to be a Superman still or a superhero or, you know, what are we going to do? It's like, what do you get? So, you know, I'll try to think through that, but I don't think we fully get what that means. Maybe there's different rankings in the new heaven. I don't know. The Bible talks about we're going to judge angels. Maybe that will have his name on us. And maybe uh, Dr. Vernon McGee uh, said that maybe we'll be over planets or solar systems. I, I don't know. But guess what? It's going to be awesome. And we will be there one day. Amen? Amen? Back in her text. And he said to me, these words are what? In other words, the book of Revelation, everything that John saw, everything that he wrote down, you can bank on it. There will be... Seven years of tribulation. There will be an Antichrist that will come and rule. The Antichrist will have power over the tribulation saints. They will be martyred for their faith. You don't want to be here during that time. These words are faithful and true. Everything that's written in the book of Revelation, you can bank on it. These words are faithful and true. And the Lord God of the holy prophets sent, can we say that aloud? His angel to show his servant the things which must shortly take place. So this angel showed up to show us. So we have no doubt. We know our future. We can bank on it. We know it's true. It's faithful and true. And so all we need to do is look at the book of Revelation and, and realize, wait, things are coming. It says, behold, this is Jesus talking. He says, behold, I'm coming what? Quickly. Blessed is he who keeps the words of the prophecy of this book. We'll pick up, we'll look at that next week. But I, I want to focus in on Jesus says, I'm coming quickly. Also says that these things must shortly take place. So some might read that and say, well, did he get it wrong? Did Jesus mess up? No. Well, quickly. He said he's going to come quickly. I, I believe that when you read it in the original language, and what it really is talking about is once these events start, the prophetic calendar starts, it's going to happen very fast. Also, it could talk about this is going to happen happen. Um, suddenly, without warning, even possibly by surprise. Biblically speaking, God wants every generation to live as if Jesus Christ would come back at any time. And that's a good way to live your life, if you, if you believe that. I remember when we would have a substitute teacher, and it was terrible. Did that happen in your school when a substitute teacher came? It was like a zoo. Everybody just went crazy, bonkers, right? 
But when the teacher was there, it was like, oh, yeah, we're good. Because the teacher, you knew, don't mess with that teacher. The teacher is like, puts down the rules. Of and then the, when the teacher would leave the class, has this ever happened to you guys? The teacher would go leave the classroom for a while. And then everybody, our class, we were terrible. We would like jump around and, you know, throw things around. And then there would always be someone watching that like this out the window. She's coming. And then what, everybody would get in their desk. They'd put the desk back in order, you know, put it in there. And we'd just sit there because we knew she was coming. Let me tell you this. Jesus is coming. <laughs> Not a time to play around. It'll be suddenly. It'll be quickly. We should live a life realizing Christ Jesus can come at any time. But my question is, do you believe that we are seeing signs of his second coming? I, I believe that we are. And as I mentioned earlier, I, I, there's seven signs, I believe, that we're seeing today. And we're going to start off. Although, before we do that, Jesus said in Luke 12, 40, therefore you also be, what? Ready. For the Son of Man is coming at an hour. You do not expect to go with what we just talked about. But the first sign, troubled times. Do you think we're living in troubled times? Yeah. If you're a note taker, the word troubled, the perilous times, it says, but know this, that in the last days, can we say that out loud, please? Perilous times will come. The word perilous, that word means troublesome times, means hard to bear times, demonic, evil, violent times. I believe we're living in those days. Second sign, I believe, the future setup of the Ezekiel 38 battle. Ezekiel 38 battle, you know what this is, hopefully. Ezekiel 38 battle is when Russia, Iran, Turkey, other nations are going to come down and attack Israel from the north. Russia's already on the northern border. But we've been talking about for years, so this battle, it makes it very clear, Russia will lead this battle, okay? I believe when this battle happens, it'll be just before the rapture of the church, right at the rapture of the church, or right after uh, the rapture of the church will hit when this battle hits. So are we seeing a formation or anything taking place? Are we seeing Russia kind of being bullies? Hmm. We've been talking about this for years. Are we seeing that Russia's going really unchallenged? Nobody's trying to stop them? They're trying, but they're not doing it. Are we seeing, it tells us that they will protest. Are we seeing people protesting? That's what it tells us in Ezekiel battle. They're going to protest, but they're not going to do anything. Do you know that Russia... Uh, their stockpile of nuclear weapons are greater than anyone else in the world? Do you know that they have a hypersonic missile that we do not know how to stop? It's not to scare us, but it's to prepare us to realize what the Bible predicts, that this, this nation, Israel, and the leader of the nation will rise up in the last days. That should concern us if we believe what the Bible says. It should concern us that something might happen. But then listen to this. The Ezekiel prophecy says, uh, 38 verse 4, it says, I will turn you around. Interesting. In other words, he's in one direction, right? I'm going to turn you around like with a hook. It says, put a hook in your jaw and lead you out with all your armies, horses and horsemen. And he's going to turn them around and then bring them down from the north to attack Israel. So we're, we're, we've already talked about, okay, they're already in that place. They're already this power that nobody's stopping. People are protesting but not doing anything about it. Nobody wants to really, is able to stop them. So could there be a hook in the jaw? Well, I find it interesting. This just happened in March here, March 7th this came out. Chevron CEO says natural gas pipeline from Israel to Europe could help alleviate shortage. Does that seem like a problem? Do you think Israel, or excuse me, Russia would be a little upset about that? Do you know that Russia supplies 40% of Europe's natural gas? So 
before the war, listen to this, before the war, they were talking about this. Europe was asking Israel to do this, but Israel was like, no, because the United States says, don't do it. We don't want you to do it. Don't do that. Don't supply. But now the United States were telling them, yes, we want you to do this. So could it be the hook? We don't know. It says they're going to come down and get booty. Does he, so booty, goods. So just speculating. But what else do we have? How about this? The rebuilding of the third temple. The rebuilding of the third temple. Well, 2 Thessalonians 2.4 says, so that he, this is the Antichrist, sits as God in the, can we say that out loud, please? He's going to sit as God, the, the Antichrist, in the temple of God. That tells us there has to be a third temple, right? Showing himself that he is what? God, that's the Antichrist. During the, the, the tribulation period, in the middle of the tribulation period, after three and a half years, he will sit in the temple of God, showing himself to be God, and then the, the Jewish people are going to realize they follow the wrong guy and they're going to flee, right? But that means there needs to be another temple, so are we seeing any signs of that? Rebuilding of the third temple. Hmm. Interesting. March 14th, Israel mints a silver coin to fund what? Third temple for the nation. It says the the Mikdash Temple Educational Center in conjunction with Rabbi Halal Weiss, the former spokesman of the Sanhedrin, has minted a silver coin to promote a practical effort to establish the what? Third Temple. Wow. Interesting, huh? What about this? How about food shortage? We're not having a food shortage, are we? The pale horse that'll come. This is the time of the tribulation period. So we're seeing things uh, forming for that. The pale horse will kill many, it says, with the sword and with hunger. So there'll be a food shortage that'll take place. My wife and I, we were at the grocery store the other day, and when we were checking out, the, ca the, the cashier the gentleman said, did you find everything okay? And I didn't want to complain, and we didn't find. There's like three items they didn't have. They were out of it. And so, so uh, he was looking at my wife. I didn't think he saw me. I'm like... And he goes, what? He goes, what's wrong? And I said, well, you said, did I find everything okay? So there's like three items you didn't have. And instead of him saying, well, what was it? He goes, oh, yeah, I know. That's happening a lot lately. And then listen to this. My wife says, it's going to get worse. He goes, oh, don't say that. <laughs> and it's like, no, it's, it's going to get worse. And he's like, what do you mean? And so he kind of opened the door to talk about Bible prophecy and talk about the Lord. And it's going to get worse. But do we... See any headlines about that? Well, Breitbart tells us, wash, excuse me, the White House warns of global what? Food shortage after Ukraine invasion. So I guess that uh, Ukraine and Russia produce a significant portion of the world's wheat, corn, and barley, as well as uh, energy and fertilizer. So there's the warning coming from the White House. I don't always believe what the White House tells me, but so we have other sources. Severe drought. Dust Bowl conditions threaten disastrous winter wheat harvest in the U.S. So this tells us that uh, wheat in the last 12 months has already gone up 69%. But listen to this writer. This writer says, in all my years of writing, I've never seen anything like this. I am deeply concerned about what the months ahead will bring. And so we're having a severe drought in Kansas, Oklahoma, and Texas. And another article the next shoe to drop, global famine, food scarcity coming soon to a neighborhood near you. That's the bad news. The good news, guys, very good news. God is in control of all this. Not only is he in control of all this, check this out. In Revelation 17, 17, God's speaking to the 10 nations that will join the Antichrist, okay? Revelation 17, 17, this is God speaking to the 10 nations that will join the Antichrist. It says, for God has put it into their hearts to do what? To fulfill 
his purpose. And it says to, to be of one mind and to give their kingdom to the beast. That's the Antichrist. He's doing it. So God's saying, I put, I put it in their hearts. I'm gathering it together. Why? Because God's going to judge all of them. So be encouraged. And, and it goes on to say, until the words of who? God are fulfilled. Hi, this is Pastor Joe, and I'd like to take a moment to personally invite you to one of our three services here at Calvary Chapel of the Harbor in Huntington Beach. Our service times are 9 a.m., 10.45 a.m., and 12.30 p.m. Please come and say hi after the service. I would love to meet you. For more information, check out our website at ccoth.com. That's ccoth.com. God bless you. You've been listening to Glory to Glory with Pastor Joe Pettit and Outreach of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. If you would like to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, call now at 714-788-8221. That's 714-788-8221. Our new location is at 4121 Warner Avenue in Huntington Beach at the beautiful Huntington Harbor Marina. Now, may we continue to go to His throne of mercy as He changes us from glory to glory.